Uh, he's here. Our vet, Dr. David Tabret. There is life. How are you? Good to see you. <laughs> there is life. I'm here. How yes. are you, Dave? Very good. Danny Boz, hello. G'day. Welcome. Thank you. We had a great week last week. Uh, vet Dr. Emily was with us. And she yes. did a wonderful job. So She did. I listened in. The bar's set very high for you today as a vet. <laughs> See if you can do deliver as good as she did last Thanks, week. Thanks, Dave. Yes. What about we the topic will. for us today? What have you got? Well, look, what's happening this weekend? Easter. We'd better talk chocolate poisoning. Okay. Yeah. Yes, we'd better, because it's not good for our dogs now, Not good, no. no. And also, what have you got for us today, Denny? Look, we'll be talking to Julie Tolliday about animal behaviourist, and I've actually got Jim in the, the studio today, and he'll talk to Julie Tolliday because he's got an experience that he wants to talk about with a, a dog doing something to him. Okay, we'll look forward to that. That's coming up <laughs> soon. It's all part of Pet Chat here at 2NURFM 103.7. Joining us in the studio right now, Jim Delaney's here. Been a while, Jim, but nice to have you in the studio. It's been a while, Dave, but it's good to be in here. And we've got a special guest on the line. Julie Tolliday is with us. Hello, Julie. Hi, Dave. How are you feeling, all right? Oh, yeah, pretty good. Beautiful day today. Now, Jim's got a story he wants to share with you. Oh, Okay. How are you going, Julie? Very well, thanks, Jim. That's good. Listen, I thought it would be great to uh, for you and I to have a little catch-up on the show today. I had a lady come in the store on Sunday, and she wanted to get a harness for her small 10-month-old puppy. Right. So, as I do, I said, look, it'd be better if you brought the dog in, because then we can fit it properly instead of you just trying to imagine what it might look like in a particular size harness. So, about 20 minutes later, the lady brought the dog back. Yeah. Well, what an afternoon. The dog was very naughty. Uh, He came up to where we have the What did it do to you, Jim? What did it do? It bit me, Dave. Bit me on the fingers. Hey, uh, yeah, we we started to try to fit a uh, a harness on the dog, and the dog escaped. Um, Oh. Ran outside the building and was running around in the car park, and finally, after about 10 minutes, we were able to um, shoo it back inside the store, and we actually had to close and lock the store so that the dog wouldn't get out. So the first thing I wanted to talk to you was about simple things and, and having people understand that it's really important that a dog must come when its name's called. Absolutely, and we start with that at puppy school level. But teaching the dog, not even before I do calling the dog, is like teaching the emergency grab of the collar. So, you know, getting the dog used to people reaching out to take that collar and their dog not thinking that they can run away from it. So um, we do exercises where we grab the collar and we shove food in their mouths straight away afterwards. So the dog starts going, hey, I love that collar being grabbed because they're going to pay me food for doing it. Julie, that's great. Um, I actually was the one who finally cornered the dog and I I knew that the dogs, it, it was kind of playing a game, but there was also a level that I could see was quite serious and it was about the dog being in charge. Now, when I did finally... Um, shooed the dog into a corner of the building was able to get it. I was very careful that I that I kind of grabbed it at the back of the head because I felt that the dog was going to bite me and it actually did. Yes. So in doing those exercises that you do, how do you actually take care or, or find a way to make the dog more relaxed so that it won't bite you? You mean in doing the collar exercises yes. or in general day-to-day stuff? In the collar exercise. If you've got a dog that has a tendency to bite, ah, if you okay. startle it or go too quickly. All right. I suppose number one, and it's sort of you can't rewind time, is to start that exercise as early as you can with a dog. Yep. Um, the, the, and therefore in puppyhood, see, I, I, was, I did a home visit yesterday with a 16-week-old dog that every time a hand goes near it, it bites it. 
Um, it's only 16 weeks old, but by the time I got the sequence right, I would hold the food in front of the dog's mouth, then I would grab the collar, then the dog would get the food. Okay. So there was a lure, then I was using using the action that I needed to, then the dog was getting the reward from the lure. Yep. And certainly what happened with this dog, it was interesting to watch, after we'd done, say, about six of them, we would say its name so it knew something was coming. We would put the food in front of its mouth but hold the food. We'd grab the collar, we'd release the food. Now, we were using really good food. We had, like, barbecue chicken. So after about six goes, when we grabbed the collar, the dog no longer swung its head round to us it looked forward to say, where's the food? Go, Julie, barbecue chicken, why didn't I get a call? <laughs> I mean, I might have responded to that as well. Well, I, look, we say to people, look, they, the treats have different value for dogs, and in some circumstances a bit of dry food will work, but as soon as, particularly with that little dog that you had in the shop, you were going to need, if you were going to grab anything off your shelves, it would have had to be the highest value stuff that you could possibly think of to get that dog to be more compliant with you. So we say, you know, at the top of the scale is going to be barbecued chicken, cabanossi, barbecued sausages, not for their dinner, for a very special treat or a very um, manipulative thing that we can use to get the dog to do what we want it to. Sounds great. Just just for uh, your information, a piece of steak always works for me. Oh, good. I, yes, I, I'll remember that next time. I want you to do something for me, Jim. Okay, thank you. Well done, Julie. Thank you. We'll catch up with you again soon. Have a happy Easter. Thanks, Dave. You too. It's now 23 minutes past 12. What about you give us a call for Pet Chat today? We'd love to hear from you. 49216216. And you can talk to our vet, Dr. David Tabret. Before we go to David and some calls, Danny, any events or any shows on for the Easter long weekend? Yeah. Uh, are you, do you, you like Rottweilers, don't you, Dave? I do. I don't mind them. Yeah, They're good you don't dog. mind yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Well... This weekend, well, it's actually Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the Newcastle Dog Show Grounds at Hillsborough, the Rottweiler Club is holding their specialty show. So lots of Rottweilers from around the country and breeders to talk to. So that's worthwhile going and visiting. There's no other events uh, at the moment that I know of. We've just had quite a few events. We had the Doggy Day out last weekend, which I was at, and it was fantastic and very busy. Lots of people. Okay, mm. David Tabbert was there too. You walked around, had a look at the Doggy Day out. You enjoyed it? I Yeah, yeah no, it was great i took my dog along and um had fun time there was a lot going on great mm. to see a lot of people out beautiful weather did you enter in any of the competitions uh personally no no <laughs> not the look alike not the dog that no. looks like <laughs> the human look you look didn't like. go on that one dog i've got like. a great looking dog yeah yeah we would have been a shoey <laughs> what sort of dog is he <laughs> it's a little wide terrier is it uh, yeah <laughs> what? Well, you do have a bit of white hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. a bit of grey. It's called grey. Thanks. Got a peppered look. Have we got someone on the line? Can we do. Would you like to say hello to them? <laughs> yes. Because it's from Killingworth. It's Kevin. Hello, Kevin. How are you doing? Thank you. How are you? Oh, hi, Kevin. David here. And I've got a question for you. Yep. Uh, I've got two whippets. Mm-hmm. Uh, about twelve months old. We took them for a walk the other day, and they get walked regularly. Yep. Um, and when they went out, one of the dogs went absolutely feral. And I mean, he barked and carried on and ran around in circles, tried to attack his brother like a maniac. Mm-hmm. I think that's not a common trait that this stole the dog. So how old did you say they are? Oh, probably uh, nearly 18 months old. 18 months old. Um, dogs will often react in those... Uh, um those sort of patterns when they're just overexcited. So even just the idea of 
going out and for a walk. And there could be other issues that have triggered that. Could be different smells or uh, um, odours in the air that they've detected, which really ups the level of excitement. And sometimes we see this in dogs that uh, when they get very excited, they'll just turn around and nip at something, um, whether it's a person or another dog. Um, and that that's often just that reaction to the excitement level. So, yeah, going out for a walk and, um, you know, if they're normally used to going out, obviously you would think, well, you know, why is he doing it today? But there could be other factors, uh, as I said, other um, things that are stimulating his behaviour. So I wouldn't be too too worried, but just keep an eye on it and make sure that he responds to your handling uh, most importantly, and even just some of those things that Julie was telling us about, basic behaviour, getting dogs to come to you, and, and uh, that's a way of breaking that cycle sometimes when they get overexcited. 28 minutes past 12. It is today. Pet Chat until midday. 49216216 if you'd like to call through. There's a free line waiting there right now. You can talk to our vet, Dr. David Tabret. This weekend is an important weekend because it's Easter. Now, yep. Danny, something you know of, <coughs> Easter and our dogs and chocolate eggs don't go together. No, they don't. I do like chocolate, though. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make it about you. Why is everything about it's Danny? It's always about Danny. It's always about me today. Can I it's just put in, can I put in a plug for chocolate Easter eggs for me too? But I'll tell you, Dave, the thing about chocolate. Uh, someone asked me this yesterday and said, "Okay, well, if chocolate's dangerous to dogs, why isn't it dangerous to people?" Chocolate is a stimulant, and the actual compound that's involved is a compound called theobromine. Now, it's very similar to caffeine. And just as you know, if you have too much caffeine, it can elevate your heart rate and sometimes upset your tummy. Well, it's pretty much the same thing with dogs. They're just more sensitive to the effects of it. So a small amount. Uh, now, I was going to bring in a chocolate bar, but I ate it on the way. Uh, just to show you that yeah, even... Nice to share. How about your learning? It was only a small things. one, Dave, yeah. just to show you that even a small amount, like a 30-gram chocolate Have you at bar, least got the wrapping? No. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to sniff the wrapping. Even a 30-gram chocolate bar could be dangerous to a small dog, okay? Uh, Now, cats seem to be a little bit cleverer. They don't go and just eat chocolates, but dogs, of course, will. So um, just be on the lookout for this. And Now, there are safe products that can be used for your pets, but if your pet does get access to chocolate, don't treat this problem lightly. It can be fatal. Do you need to give them lots of water to rehydrate them? or No, you need to get them into, the, into your veterinary hospital immediately. Um, if we can get them early enough, we can actually wash their stomach out. But the problem with that is that chocolate melts when it gets into the stomach and it sticks to the lining of the stomach. So even if we get what looks like some of the chocolate back, it's often just the chocolate liquor that we call, uh, the colouring and so on but we're not actually getting the compound out. And the interesting thing is the theobromine gets recycled through the bladder wall and gets reabsorbed. So even if their body is able to get it out, the body then reabsorbs it. And that's why the compound can stick around for up to five days, causing toxicity. Uh, And we had a case recently of a dog that ate equivalent to a lethal dose of chocolate. And, again, wasn't a big amount, but a lethal dose recovered after four and a half days in hospital. So it's one of those things just to be aware of. And, of course, this time of the year, keep the chocolates for yourself, not for your pets. Okay, good one there. That is a great tip for us, and uh, especially tell the kids too, because the kids like to share. They might just think, oh, it's okay. My dog can have something for mums and dads, please. Be diligent over that. Let's say hello to Mark, who's been waiting patiently at Head and Greeter. Hello, Mark. How you going, mate? G'day, Mark. What can we do for you? Um, I'm just ringing to, well, hopefully get some information. I've got a, 
a little doggies, a little Jack Russell mm-hmm. um, Maltese Terrier cross. Mm-hmm. And the last two or three weeks, he's been scratching and chewing on his fur to the point he's given himself crew cuts and patches. Right. Yep. He's got no fleas or no mites or anything on him. Mm-hmm. Um, How old is he? He's two. Two years old? Yeah. Okay. And has this happened before? No, it's just... Uh, as I say, about three weeks ago. Okay. And what have, what have you done for him so far? Uh, well, just kept him combed and washed and <laughs> we don't know what else to do. Okay. No problem. And just one last question, I think, which might help us here then. Which area is he really chewing at? Where is he really causing the skin it's, problems? It's, um, sort of on his, his thighs on the back and right. along the lower part of his, his belly sort of thing. Oh, okay. All right. That's interesting. Um, So what we tend to look at with dogs with skin problems, we very often look at what we call pattern recognition. So one of the clues as to the diagnosis could be related to which part of the body they're actually chewing at. Uh, It's worse on his back legs. Yep. Sort of. Very often, if they're licking and chewing at their feet, for instance, then we tend to think, okay, grass allergy. If it's over the rump and over the top of the tail then it's more likely to be flea allergy, dermatitis. If it's on the the, uh, the trunk itself, on the body itself, then it could be a mange mite. Um, but then not every dog reads the textbooks, okay? So we do see variations. Well, he has been, I'd never thought of that, he has been chewing and licking his feet, but he's, he's done that for like 12 months and nothing's ever come of it. Yeah. I'm just wondering that uh, with his thighs and flanks, there's two things I would be wondering about, is that um, it could be an area like in his inguinal area under that fold and around the side of his flank that he's actually um, starting to get itchiness, which is uh, an area where they can have allergic disease. Um, Or the other thing is that the area that's actually itchy is around on his back end and he can't quite get to it so he can he chews at his uh, his thighs and that's actually a way of um, trying to distract himself or trying to deal with the itchiness that he's suffering. Uh, where he's been licking at his feet in the past and you said, well, that hasn't really progressed, sometimes we'll see dogs will get these allergies and it'll be simmering along, simmering along, and then it'll start to break out in other areas. So I wouldn't discount the fact that those two things are linked they very well could be. Um, the thing about skin disease is we take an overall approach and then we look at specific diagnosis. So we can do some basic things like regular bathing with a um, medicated shampoo. And depending on how bad the skin is, if the skin's broken, um, then we'd take, we might use, say, a chlorhexidine wash. Um, if, however, the skin is just red and irritated, then we'd use like an aloe vera wash. So there's different... Medicated shampoos. The the skin's not broken. He goes um, real pink and then he'll chew. Mm -hmm. And it gets real hot and then it cools back down. Yeah, so it gets hot because there's more blood closer to the surface, okay? Oh, right. So that's the inflammation. He's not hot-blooded. Sometimes people say, oh, they get hot-blooded. Their temperature stays pretty much the same all the time. It's just that the skin has come closer to the surface. So I would uh, look at using a medicated shampoo, doing that probably two or three times a week. Uh, You mentioned that no fleas were visible, but I would always make sure that you're using good flea control because 
one flea could make him incredibly itchy. And then the third thing is to have a look at, uh, you know, different grasses and um, pollens and so on in the environment. Now, it's very hard to identify what might be the cause, but if, for instance, you've just recently mowed the grass and he comes back in and licks his feet and then starts chewing at his flank, I'd be thinking grass allergy. There is some medication that can help with that. You'd need to see your vet, but certainly start with the medicated shampoo. And we've got Jill waiting patiently for us now at Salamander Bay. Hello, Jill. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Hi, Jill. What can we do for you? Um, I have a dog who a lot of dogs is terrified in storms. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering, uh, a lot of jets fly over here from the airbase. Yes. And she doesn't flinch. I was just wondering what the difference would be. Well, it's a very, very good question because a lot of dogs, as we know, do uh, suffer from storm phobias and uh, often fireworks and things like that. There's probably a couple of things. One is that um, your dogs can get used to certain noises and they will differentiate between them. So there's a difference in, say, the, the volume, there's a difference in the pitch and the frequency that they're hearing with with the uh, noise. The other The other thing is an area where we sometimes see and people have postulated is that dogs will become scared of storms before the thunder and the storm has arrived and it's thought that it's a change in the barometric pressure. In other words, as the low pressure starts to come through, that's when they start to uh, show that reaction. Now, that could be a learned thing, that they're not actually um, scared of low pressure. It's just that they know that if there's, you know, the pressure's changing Yep. then there's a, going to be a storm, and so they start to get uh, scared beforehand. Yeah, she does that. Yeah, mm. so that's often the other thing. The the uh, third thing I would think is that thunderstorms and so on can be very sudden and unpredictable. They're often accompanied by lightning, uh, and so th- you've got these other factors, whereas the planes, it might be that uh, the dog can hear the plane from a long way away before you can, and so the fact that it gets louder as it comes over really isn't that much of a surprise to it. So I think it's probably a combination of things. Um, and it's, a, as you said, a common thing with dogs, unfortunately, that uh, thunderstorms can cause these problems. It's Pet Chat 49216216 if you'd like to call through. There's a free line waiting for you right now. I think we've got Audrey there. Hello, Audrey. Hello, how are you? Hi, Audrey. Good. David here. What can we do oh, for David. you? Hello, Audrey. I'm very good. Audrey's uh, from the Native Animal Trust Fund. Oh, great. Yeah, well, listen, I want to I wanna say thank you to you. It's about time you got a plug. I was just driving along listening to you, and I just want to give you a great personal thanks for you and your staff at the emergency hospital oh, for the work you do for us. Without you on an evening, all our wildlife in the Hunter would suffer dearly. And you guys take everything in for us. You give us great service, and you're just absolutely marvellous. And I recommend everybody use you. Thank you. You are just brilliant. <laughs> and also, the radio station is the best in Australia. Well, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, love, love you, Audrey. Thank you. You can't, you can't send me a bill now, can you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Have a good day, guys. No worries. Yeah, method behind her madness, Audrey. Very good. Thank um, you for those kind words. I've uh, known Audrey for quite a long time, uh, and have uh, Audrey's been a stalwart in the uh, Native Animal Trust Fund for a long time. I've worked with her, and and we do see a lot of native wildlife. It, it is sometimes seasonal. Uh, whether it's seabirds or our possums, lizards, 
uh, kangaroos and koalas sometimes come in uh, because they get into uh, either they're poisoned. We see, for instance, tick poisoning or hit by car or dog bites, cat bites, things like that. So it happens all nights and weekends. Okay, yep. good on you. Joining us right now, we're saying hello to Sarah. How are you, Sarah? Good, thanks. How are you? Hi, Sarah. Good, thanks. What can we do for you? Um, look, I've got a, a question. I'm not sure if you can help me. I've got two big breed dogs, mm-hmm. um, and we have a gigantic backyard with six gum trees, which harbour a lot of wildlife in them. Mm-hmm. Um, the dogs have taken to barking all night at possums and, you know, whatever nightlife there is in the trees and you know we've got a newborn baby and we've got you know six different neighbors around us i just wanted to know any advice on how we can get the dogs to stop barking you know the place down in the middle of the night so i gather the dogs are they kenneled outside are they yeah yep okay um the natural behavior of the dogs is to alarm bark yeah so if they hear or see something that's within their field of view, um, they're likely to respond and it would be very hard to uh, train them or to you know, help them out of that behaviour. Yeah. It's very instinctive. It's also very rewarding for them because if you think, well, if it's alarm barking, the response that they're looking for is that you react to it. Yeah. And so anything that you say to them is basically, well, they think, oh, we've done our job. Well done. Uh, Yes, and so the only thing I could think uh, that might work is to be is where you can actually keep them separated from the uh, the gum trees, the possums, and so on, um, which might mean that they're inside or in a garage or something. And obviously, large breed dogs that could represent some problems for you. Yes, yes. Um, I'll, I will check in with uh, Dr. Bob Stabler, our veterinary behaviourist, for you. Okay. Um, but certainly the, the whole nature of dogs and their relationship with people is that they're, they're basically there for surveillance. If you go right back into caveman days, that was part of their role. And so your guys basically are fulfilling their role and doing their job, and that instinctive behaviour is going to be very hard to get rid of. And, and unless you change the environment, and obviously removing six, six gum trees and native uh, wildlife is probably impossible, then moving the dogs might be the only other answer. So, Right, yeah, good luck with that. Hopefully that helps you out a little bit, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Now, 11 away from one. Concerns also on the roads today uh, near Freeman's Waterhole. Uh, we've got a problem on the F3 near Freeman's Waterhole. If you're near that area, do approach with care around the F3 near Freeman's Waterhole. And that concern this morning, it's at, uh, well, this afternoon, Lambton Griffiths Road at Turton Road. Uh, you've got two or three eastbound lanes closed and southbound traffic being diverted into Christo Road. That's around the area of Griffiths Road at Lambton Road. Southbound traffic being diverted into Christo Road. If you can stay away from that area, that would be much appreciated. That's being advised by the RTA at the moment. There's going to be delays there for quite a while. You're listening to Pet Chat, where it's 49216216 if you'd like to get through. There's a free line right waiting there for you right now to talk to our vet, Dr David Tabret. Uh, and we were talking about chocolate and Easter. Anything else we should be aware of maybe around this time? Um, well, just I was talking about the specific thing with chocolate causing high heart rate, um, and it can cause seizures. 
the other thing that we do see is um, oftentimes at these celebratory times is when people give the dogs leftovers, um, particularly mm. if it's like ham or high-fat, uh, maybe lamb, things like that, could actually cause uh, stomach upsets in dogs. Um, if you're cooking a roast on the weekend, things like that, just remember cooked bones are not good for dogs and certainly um, the trimmings off the ham or or a leg of lamb might be a little bit too much for some dogs. They can get gastritis, they can get pancreatitis, uh, and necessitate a, a very um, urgent visit to the uh, emergency hospital. So right. take you know take care and sense sensibility to um, prevent these sort of problems for your pets. And we're saying hello to Sue. How are you doing today, Sue? Hi, David. I'm well. How are you? Hi, Sue. Good. Thanks. What can we do for you? David, we've got uh, two German Shepherds, a pup that's about two and a male that's about five. Mm-hmm. Every afternoon we take them up into our property and let them run and every now and again the male dog gets onto the scent of a wallaby oh. and he runs off and won't come back. Oh dear. So um... That's when his legs have been run off and but there's no way he won't listen. He's just yeah. pacing and he won't stop. Any suggestions? So he, he's the younger one, is he? No, he's the older one. Oh, he's the older one. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, look, the, the first thing is don't try and do anything that you haven't practiced before because uh, yep. when they're actually in the middle of this uh, highly stimulated, you know, excited state, um, you, you're not going to get any response. Um, no. So that's not the time to do any training. And it... What you have to then go back to is working on um, return and, and that basic obedience occurring at other times, but just accept that uh, if you do get that scenario, don't, um, don't try and retrieve the dog when they're not actually trained to that level because you'll undo all the good work that you're doing in your training. Uh, so what I mean is that if you you start the training process and you you think you know away from this um, running and chasing wallabies, and yep. uh, and you find that he's responding quite well, but still you know doesn't always come back to you when he gets more than say ten meters away or something. Uh, don't get up to the farm and then start trying the same trick um, because it's it's not going to work, and that'll actually that'll actually make it a lot harder. Um, what you do need to do, though, is to find the triggers that do get him to return those reward things, and be aware that if um, you know if you can see that he's starting to get excited before he even starts to take off, uh, probably that'd be the time to actually get him to do a quick little um, retrieve or come back to you, and make sure you've got those rewards available, so you can always just go straight into the pocket and call him over and sit and give him a reward for coming back to you. But by the time he's ready to go and run, and he's already gone, he's not going to listen to you at all. It's just going to be uh, irretrievable. Obviously, long term, you want him to be able to do that, but it's uh, it's going to take a long time. And particularly being the five-year-old, um, his habits are going to take a little bit longer to develop. Before we go, we've been talking about Easter eggs, Easter chocolate, not to give them to our dogs, but mm. I've heard of something called carob. Tell us how carob goes for dogs. Uh, it goes well. So it, basically um, similar chocolate flavour, no theobromine, so none of that caffeine stimulation. 
for the dogs. Just watch out that it's not a high fat or high sugar mm-hmm. supplement and, you know, treats for dogs for doing something. Okay. Just remember the behavioural points Good as well. One. You've done well. Have a happy Easter. Yeah, you too, Dave. You and the family have all as well. Yep. And have a nice one. And we'll talk to you again next Wednesday for Pet Chat. I won't be here, but uh, one of our panels. So um, okay. I'd say Dr. Bob. Could be Dr. Bob's. Yep next week so we'll look forward to that thank you very much happy Easter thank happy you. Easter to our listeners thank you so much uh, for calling through and being a part of uh, Pet Chat with us every Wednesday we appreciate that and time for news 1 o'clock here at 2 and URFM 103.7